Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. I'm your host, as always, Mike Murray. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by the 2023 ASCA and Fitter and Faster Age Group Coach of the Year, Rod Hansen. Rod, welcome to the program. Where are you joining us from this morning? Uh, Huntington Beach, California, out in Orange County. Awesome. And talk to us about the team that you coach. I coach Irvine Nova Aquatics in Irvine, California. We have uh, now we have like four different sites within about a 15, 20 mile radius and about 800 swimmers. Yeah, I was just out there for juniors. I love that William Willett pool complex. What a what a fantastic place that is. Yeah, you know, they're 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 that we're hoping the city council is discussing adding another 50 meter pool. Right now we're down the pool. The filtration system broke, so. We make it work. No kidding. So would that other pool be in that same area or would it be in a new location? It would be in the same area, you know, where the when you the, the main competition pool or the soccer field is behind it. They put yeah. it there. Possibly oh, wow. a parking structure. Looks pretty promising. Yeah, that looks like that, that would be an awesome addition to an already existing uh framework there. So I can't even imagine what it would be like to have three pools like it's going to be one of the best outdoor complexes in the country yeah i mean we're, we're fortunate that we're in a in a in an environment that is aquatic friendly right now our, our site's full we get bumped out all the time with water polo and other activities and the high school the district uses it so we think oh once we get that 50 meter pool our problem will be solved but it'll everything will be impact you know crowded yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you know, what's neat about that facility is so many good memories for so many coaches and teams because so many great meets have been there. It's, you know, it feels like uh, we're, we're creating a history at that facility like there used to be in Long Beach and, and other famous pools. That, that, that site has now got a reputation as one of the, you know, the most famous probably at the junior national level facility. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good environment, like I said. We have a supportive city council and community that likes it. So. Well, I like taking a trip to Irvine every once in a while. It's not bad. Sometimes it, it certainly beats the weather up here in upstate New York. <laughs> well, Rod, you are uh, the recipient of the 2023 Age Group Coach of the Year Award this year. Congratulations among many great finalists. And you had a special guest that you actually brought with you to the ASCA clinic this year. And I, I didn't get a chance to meet your dog. Tell us a little bit about your dog. Uh, I've got a couple border collies. He's actually outside. Um, it's a good dog. Take him everywhere. That's and awesome, man. I love, I love it. I love it. That was so cool. And I wish I had, had a chance to meet him when I was there, but I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But talk to me a little bit about your philosophy as an age group coach. Um, first of all, it wasn't my award. It's our entire staff that won that award. Uh, I did it. It's, I just happened to be the figurehead, but we're fortunate because we have a, a staff that, that has a, a long tenure with Nova. We've all know each other. We get along, you know, of course everybody has their differences, but it, 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 we all seem to have one common goal and the common goal in our philosophy is to make it a, a fun environment for the kids to train. And, um, we try to, we're really interested in, uh, on the age group level in developing stroke technique rather than pursuing, uh, you know, attaining times or records. 
but it kind of goes hand in hand. If you develop the, the good skills, the underwaters, the, the catch, anything that, that, that helps promote a good, successful program. No so doubt well, about it. Yeah. And, and, and what do you guys do from a coaching staff standpoint when you talk about focusing on stroke technique? Break that down for us a little bit. How do you communicate what you want to see from your athletes? We want to be consistent. We want to go to a meet where our kids are coming off the wall, not breathing off their breakout stroke, where you can identify, hey, that's an Elvis swimmer, that they're, they're disciplined. Just different aspects. It, it, it's, 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 it sounds easy for me to say it. It's not that, but it's a lot more difficult to implement it, to get, get so you have to be really stringent but you don't want to be so stringent that it's no more, no, no longer fun for the kids. So it's a balance, but just, just having good technique, good, good turns, good, you know, breakouts. And, and what are some cues that you're giving your athletes throughout the practice? Is there a set that's designed that's dedicated to work on these things specifically, or is it more or less just making sure that you're observing what your kids are doing and then making corrections as you coach? Make corrections as you coach. That's a good thing. But also point out the positive things. I think uh, as I've gotten older and done this for so many years, if you compliment somebody and, and let the group know, wow, you know, she did something really well off the walls or did uh, thank you for doing what we asked. I think that, that that's a boost that in the past, I used to just, it was all correction, correction. Hey, you took a breath off the wall. Hey, you're crossing over with, with your arm on freestyle those kind of things. But I think if you point out the positive, it has a good impact as well. Rod, everybody's a little bit different in the way that they define age group coaching. When you think of age group coaching, what are the ages that go with that moniker? I think the ages are all the way up to high school, so I leave college. We're all age group swimming. I mean, I you, you can't label someone as a swimmer and define swimmer when they hit 14 or any age for that matter. But, um, you know, that age, uh, my, my thought is age group swimming should be just fun, positive, and, you know, kids go leave with a good memory. There's no doubt about that. So how much time do you guys spend on training IM or stroke specific? What does your week look like in terms of the way that you train the four strokes? Uh, for me personally, I coach from nine to 14 year olds. It's, it's every day. It's all I am. We don't have specific stroke days. Um, I was a terrible breaststroker and I avoided it as a kid and, and would get deep, you know, I'm, I'm age myself. I get disqualified because back then, if you put your head underwater, you were done. Um, and, and I look at how my swimming career, you know, I'd have, I'd swim the IM for example, and be, have a good lead always going into breaststroke and everybody would run me down. And I, I, I want to make sure these kids that I coach embrace all the, all the strokes regardless, because they, they, they can get more specialized when they go to college. Well, you're singing my music here. This is something that I love to hear. I love when people who are in our profession think of 18 and under athletes, it's age group. You knock that one out of the park and, and boy, we train a lot of IM here at Victor swim club too. And, and uh, it's always good for me to hear and, and reinforce that we're doing the right things here. But talk to me about kicking, Rod. What what does kicking look like in Irvine Nova from those age groups? What are you doing? What are, what are some sets that you like to do? Share with uh, with our coaches what you like to do for kicking. 
Um, yeah, I, uh, just going back to I am real quick. Yeah, I always yeah. at the end of the season look at I am results. That's the first results I look at, see how we're doing as a team. Um, kicking, a lot of underwater. You got more, you know, especially short course. You, you, it, it, over the years, this, you have to be a successful underwater kicker to be competitive in short course swimming or long course for that factor. Um, well, sometimes we'll go into the, uh, we have a teaching pool and sometimes we're impacted with water polo games and we have to utilize that. And we'll use the widths and just do underwaters, but uh, kick sets, incorporate them. Uh, they, they're, they, they're short. I don't do a long kick sets, but they're short and they got to be sprint kicks because otherwise I, I think you're, you're, you're not use, utilizing your time effectively if you're just doing a long kick set and it becomes a social kick and kids are kicking side to side. So I think if you're doing kick sets, it's got to be specific. You got to let the kids know what the goal is and it's got to be short and fast. And not, we never will kick anything more than a 200. I like to use a 200 kick for time without fins under three minutes because my philosophy is, you know, most races are 200 yards and less. You should have, be, you know, a sprint kick the whole 200. I love it, man. Legs feed the wolf, right? Yep. <laughs> That's great. And the underwaters, to be able to have that teaching pool, does that give your kids a chance to really hone in and focus on what they're doing in terms of undulation underwater? Yeah, I mean, we don't utilize it that often, but when, you know, pools go down or we're forced to, it's a shallow three and a half foot pool and you can do a lot of pushing off the bottom, creative things that makes it fun for the kids. But yeah, I, I, I used the example for wits, just short uh, underwaters. If they have a you know ten yard ten yard width of a pool, that's a really good training. Yeah, talk, talk to us about the equipment that you utilize in your age group practices. You know, I, personally myself, I like to use paddles and pole. When I swim, I never use paddles with the kids, and I'm, I don't know in pulling. I don't know why. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of re-looking at that if I, if I need to reincorporate that, but equipment wise, short fins. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't use a lot of equipment. We do just a, you know, a variety of drills, and, but mainly just, uh, I don't do a lot of distance. The yardage piles up. It's not, it's not a short yardage practice, but it's not a three, 500 type practice, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and I know, you know, a lot of coaches always get sick and tired of the, of the question, but I think there's a lot of uh, value and merit to understanding the way that people train. So when your athletes are really getting after it, maybe you're at the peak volume of your season, what do they do in a week? Uh, probably five to 6,000 yards mm -hmm. practice. And we practice six days a week, you know, um, sometimes less, probably not that often few more uh, my kids keep track of the yardage more than i do uh, <laughs> i i have always a blueprint of what i want to do each day and then i deviate from it you know i we have coaches our staff that have a specific written workout planned and i have a blueprint but i my working with nine especially nine to eleven year olds something that's going you need to be able to pivot quickly to, to identify okay you know we have days where the kids all of a sudden aren't reading the clock and they're good swimmers and, and they're all looking at each other for cues and you know it, you have to adapt to that and figure out some way to get them back on track but one of the things that i talk to age group swim coaches a lot is 
it's it's really hard to have a bad day as an A troop swim coach because the kids come in so happy and enthusiastic. You know, they haven't they haven't reached that cynical teenage age yet. You know, where where you know they can be complainers and things like that. But that age group nine to eleven, always a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm. How do you channel that into a, a really good practice? Yeah, like you said, it's the the rarely bad days, you know, and you just you keep the positivity, try to engage each each swimmer to find out what they did outside of swimming each day. Um, yeah, it's an easy age group to coach because they're going to drop time just just regardless of what you do. So you just have to keep them engaged. You're an entertainer, I guess. One of the things that always resonated with me that uh, Dave Salo says the, the greatest athletes in the world are the athletes who slow down the least. And is that something that you think about when, when you're talking to one of your swimmers about technique or, or where you want their hands and feet during practice? Yeah. Um, but the kids I train, you know, we have to do some, something slow just to get the technique going, but there's always a time where I want them to race and practice as well. Usually we'll design a set in my mind that we, 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 we will spend like 10 minutes just working on the skills that I want to see the swimmers do. And then we'll finish up with like five minutes with a little bit more rest and fast swimming and make it a game. And it's easy with, yeah, nine to 12 year olds. You can find a lot of different things to do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in terms of their competition in that age group, what are they looking at in terms of how many meets they go to throughout the course of the season? We go to about one meet a month. We're fortunate, like you said, we have a nice facility. So a lot of our meets are in-house. We run inter-squads and, and uh, we can kind of manage the timeline. Our goal has always been to make it, make, it, make it palatable for new parents when they come in to not be sitting, their first experience with swimming, sitting for six hours at a meet for three races. And you know, two of them might be back to back and then you have a, a two hour delay. Um, so we, we try to find creative ways for that. We usually attend, you know, we have our, our regional, our, our orange set, our Southern, Southern California swimming championship meets, you know, once every four months within our uh, LSC. Uh, and we try to do one or two travel meets a year with the age groupers. Well, that's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, you know, you know, and I know that those travel meets, in their early years of development are super important for building team culture later on. So I, I imagine that's a, that's a really fun experience for you all. You know, Rod, you, you mentioned something that, that stuck with me there, and that was you don't want your parents having to sit through those four or five-hour-long session meets. We have a lot of those here in the East Coast just because of pool space and availability, as you can imagine. But I think a lot of coaches across the country right now are thinking about how can we make the competitive experience a little bit more palatable for parents whose schedules are inundated this day and age with so many different things or just simply with work on the weekends? Have you guys considered that at all? I know you said you run a lot of in-house meets. What's your philosophy on that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's something we always are, are wondering. You know, we've, we've, I think we're starting to pivot a little bit, not too much, but offering one day meets as opposed to two day meets. We have a back to school meet that we do every year when we come back from our August break and it's usually two weeks into the season. And for the first time this year, we did it, we did it, made it one day limited to 50 shorter events 
you know, it wasn't a full meet. Just kind of gauge where, where our, or the new swimmers that are coming into our various groups are performance wise. And then we also did a parent appreciate, a family appreciation event where they, we had a, you know, a, we have a great snack bar. You guys know that from mm -hmm. Junior Nationals. And they uh, provided lunch for the swimmers and their families. And I think it went over pretty well. And we, we divided up in four different sessions. So specifically people were in for two hours and then they had a lunch. And then also in the dive pool, we had a inflatable, you know, course, inflatable like slide for the kids to play with after the meet on their own. So it was, it was a fun event. Uh, that sounds so forward thinking to me, especially in terms of bringing your parents in. Talk to me about how you communicate to your families you know, your values as a coach, your expectations as a staff, how are you communicating that to the, the Irvine Nova Aquatics family? Um, I, each, each of our coaches send out weekly emails discussing the practice schedule because we have to deal with a lot of, we have a lot of user groups, so we have to deal with a lot of changes. Um, we have parent meetings several times a year. I have mine actually tonight for, for the fall season. And we hand out, you know, just the schedule and expectations and, you know, try to keep the line of communications open. And when you're talking about your expectations, do you, do you set up any boundaries between coach and parent communication? Is there, you know, don't text me, don't call me. How do you guys manage that? Because I think that's a really important thing right now for young coaches who are just coming up in the profession to understand, you know, how do I balance this role where, this day and age, I'm accessible all the time, right? Yeah. It's a good thing and a bad thing. I, I, I generally, I don't know if I've ever said my boundaries. I won't answer texts or emails after 9.30 p.m. I'll usually do it in the morning. That's pretty much the boundary I've set, set on. Um, and, you know, it's just, but it's, it's pretty easy. I, I, won't, I try not to let emails or texts linger. But that's that's the only rule I have. It's just sure. after 30, I get home. I get home around 8 30, 45. Yeah, sure. Sure. Unless you know, some pressing issue. Yeah, like of course. Of course. And and how much do you guys rely on your parents for things? I, I, I gotta tell you, your your parent group did a wonderful job hosting juniors this summer. They were so hospitable, so uh, so friendly as soon as the coaches walked in. How, how did you guys develop parents who are willing to commit that amount of time and energy to something? No, oh, they, they're amazing. I mean, from parents have been on the team to new parents. Um, that's not my corner. That's like Kim Hostry, our general manager. She organizes that and, and is puts the right people in place. And that's coaching at its finest, even those parents to make, to make them, you know, not to, grudgingly come in and do it do it as a chore i i see that too that volunteers are really happy to be there and it's i don't know how to answer that one because it's it, it is unique they're good uh you guys did a tremendous job and you know best hospitality room in the united states this summer was was there at uh, genie tongue yeah and, and and we host a lot of other events we but we hosted u.s masters nationals we put on you know the regional special olympics and it's so it's outside the team and the parents still step up and do that it's really incredible irvine's had such a, a long history of competitive success in the united states and internationally with athletes who go on to swim at the national and international level 
What, what is something that you think is unique to your program that lends itself towards developing successful swimmers? Uh, it's the, the environment we live in. I mean, it's getting expensive out Southern California. We're paying $7 for gallon of gas this week. Um, but the stability, I think, it, it, the, the school districts are good. People that live here pretty much stay. So, so you, we don't have a, a, you know, and we have an influx. Sometimes kids coming in, but we don't have an influx of kids moving around. So just that, that, that you know, most of the kids that I've coached, majority of them, probably 80% stay with the same elementary school, same high school all through their their career. So I think that that's a big plus for for uh, as a coach to know that you got a, a you know a, a young community that's going to provide a lot of good athletes not just in swimming but we have Orange County and Southern California have a lot of other venues. Oh, for sure and and it's easy to stay uh you know uh, enthused and energized in that sun and with all the activities and being so close to the beach. I mean, I went down to Laguna on one of the off days and man, it, it is such a special place out there. But, uh, you know, Rod, what, what do you think you're most excited about in terms of the development of our sport in the last few years? What, what do you think has been a game changer maybe for uh, within USA Swimming that's, you know, really got a lot of young people coming back into the sport. We took a hit in COVID, but what are you excited about for our sport? Uh, I think just the, the, with the social media and the, the, the media, the exposure, the kids, uh, uh, the kids I coach, they know, they know the athletes at a lot earlier age than they would maybe 15 years ago. Um, the minority representation in our sport is, 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 is gotten a lot better. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's kids enjoy it too. Yeah, man, you and I used to have to wait for Swimming World to come out, and like every three weeks, and then we we'd comb through Swimming World, and that was our social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they they're watching races before while I'm coaching. Like, yeah, before I do. Do you guys ever have any of your alums come back and and talk to your swimmers? Yes, we we try to. Um, like Jason Lezak's children swim for our team. So that's fortunate, you know, and, and uh, yeah, we, 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 uh, since COVID, we haven't had a, a real awards banquet, but we, we pivoted like another thing to, to promote, you know, team unity. We usually do a, in December, we're fortunate the last two years we've done that. The weather's been like 70 degrees and sunny, but we'll have a, just a full party day where we provide, food our snack bar provides food for the kids and we have all the fun equipment that the sit bounce houses that the city of Irvine provides and that's been our award banquet but in the past we always bring in a speaker usually an alum oh that's awesome that that's I mean that's and so we, cool. and, you know, like Michael Kavik's come in last year and run some swim clinics for us so we that way yeah, and the athletes, obviously, when they're walking past the, the competition pool on the back wall there, you have, you know, the, your list of Olympians and national teamers, and that helps build and drives the culture, too. Um, how have you... More, more names. Yeah. That, we haven't That's in a while, so we need to do that, step up and do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys do anything in terms of dry land for that age group, 9 to 14? Yeah, we, uh, we're not doing bands or weights or anything like that, but we uh, typically 
have to, we have about a half hour, 20, 20 to 30 minutes before we can actually utilize the pool at the high school, Irvine High, utilize it till 4.30. So usually we will do a lot of ball, ball games, you know, just uh, eye-hand coordination type stuff, sure. you know, stretch the kids. And that's a time, not so much just to, as dry line, is just to kind of talk with the kids and see how their day was going and kind of connect with them. But we're fortunate. We have outstanding weather. 90% of the year and we're we're surrounded our facility at Woolet is surrounded by a park yep. that has, that's not underutilized in my opinion there's no club soccer teams or anything going on so we have it to ourselves you know we don't have we don't we're technically we don't have those fields reserved for us but we utilize them that makes yeah, sense. that's awesome and they're right there next to the parking lot and next to the pool so it's that's easy access for you guys yeah um, so, Rod, when we think about some of the, the national teamers right now, some of the, the athletes who may represent the U.S. team uh, heading into Paris, who are you excited to watch? Uh, who have you kind of been following and, and who do you really get behind when, when uh, the U.S. travels to international meets? Uh, you know, all of, all of them. I, I don't want to really name anybody specific. I mean, Ledecky, all of them, just Team USA. Absolutely. Um, for sure. It's been great to see, in my opinion, as a club coach, it's been great to see some club athletes making the Olympic team. And now yeah, I always root for the 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, all day. All yeah. day. That's kind of where I was going. That's kind of where I was going with that. But I mean, I, I've, you know, to see what Ron's been doing out there in Vegas has been great. You know, getting some, some young people. Yeah, the Sandpipers. That's. And it's amazing watching what all the teams are now looking at what he's doing and trying to emulate it. But he's, right. he's got it. Those kids are great. Yeah, it's so fun to watch. And, you the know, culture, the culture yeah. he's, he's made, you know, it's. Yeah. yeah, we're all looking over and going, what, what's going on over there? Because these are, you know, back man, all of them are just young kids. Katie Grimes, it's it's good to watch. It, it really is. It's it's so fun to watch. And uh, it's it. It gives, I think, you know, for any club coach who's thinking to themselves, like, oh, I'll never get an athlete to that level. It takes time. You know, you got to make a lot of mistakes. You got to have a little bit of success. But, you know, once you kind of figure out your your formula, you know, you can do some really good things, but it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I see so many young coaches wanting to jump right into a, a upper level coaching position or work with the best group. I think, it, you know, you start out with those eight and unders, you're going to learn a lot of lessons. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. You look at Ron Aiken. He gave a great speech at Ascot two years ago. You know, just how he how he developed. It didn't happen for him. It didn't happen overnight. But he had a a plan, a culture, and it and it, it set forth. For sure. Yeah. You know, it just it did. It, it's always the you know I've had some really good years of coaching, and it's it's not me. It's it's the group of kids I got and getting them to buy in to your philosophy. And you get a, a group of successful kids, they're gonna it's gonna raise the entire group team up. Yeah, team culture and, and you know, uh, when an athlete holds his teammates accountable or her teammates accountable to a standard because they know that that standard is fun, you're gonna have a lot of success. So do you talk to your kids specifically about how you want them to be great teammates? Yeah trying to think of an example but you know we just want to be that be 
not so much teammates, well, teammates, but be respectful of each other. We want a culture where everybody wants to be here. Um, yeah. And didn't answer that it. well, but. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, it, a lot of times too, like, you know, this day and age, we want to get super analytical and, and overthink things, but simple, simple works, you know, we're going to have so many uh, cat moments on this coach's corner. I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah. It's so so Look at this guy. Take over. He's watching you. I love it. Hi. <laughs> uh, so Rod, as, uh, as, as a club coach, you know, one of the things that I think we're, we're facing with a lot of um, our interactions with parents is, you know, getting these kids to a point where they're able to swim collegiately. And the collegiate landscape has been tough the last few years because of added years for the COVID experience and, uh, extra years of eligibility means smaller roster opportunities at a lot of Division One schools. Um, but men's swimming in particular, there are not as many opportunities as there once were. What, what are you concerned about when it comes to, to college swimming? Well, we're in an environment in Irvine. The majority of our kids, our athletes, students are, are college bound. Um, we have a lot of kids that go to Ivy League schools. Mm -hmm. So the... the, the I, in past years, I don't think there's as much concern. Oh, we got to get a scholarship and that sort of thing. But we're fortunate with swimming that there's a there's a place. There's a if if a swimmer wants to swim, there's a college for everybody. Division three, Division two, NAI. Um, so I'm kind of I only coach up to like 13, 14. So I'm kind of out of that. Uh, when you know when they hit, when swimmers go to high school, they're out of my group. So I, I, I'm more focused my personally on just, you know, getting them to be the best well-rounded swimmer and planner and thinker as I can, but. Yeah, yeah it's, I, uh, there's always a school for everybody. I try to, to tell everybody that, you know, I had one daughter who went to a, a, a big time swimming school and I had another daughter who went to a big time swimming school, but it was a division three big time swimming school. And she had a wonderful experience. So I, I always try to tell parents that there's a, if you want to swim in college, there's a place for you. We don't have to panic like there's not any spaces. Yeah, that's a, that was my, I agree completely. For sure. So Rod, when you're not on deck coaching, what are your hobbies? What do you do? I think it's so important this day and age for coaches to have things that they do outside of our full-time job. I like to travel. It's tough to do that by your coach, but I like, you know, going visiting national parks, hiking. Um, I've got two border collies that, that are Frisbee dogs. I like to do that. I try to compete when that every once in a while, but usually they're, those competitions are on weekends. We have our meets. So this year, I think I'll make one of them. Um, you know, I just I like cycling and just getting out. Well, you, picked, you picked a good town to live in for all that stuff. Yeah, very fortunate. <laughs> I think I ate more sushi that week than I've eaten in a really long time. So many good spots. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 read, I should do more sushi. I'd have it. Uh, I sushi. found like four great sushi spots. Sushi is like the Costco little tray. <laughs> I get that every once in a while. But. Well, Rod, thanks so much for joining us on the Coach's Corner. Wish you all the best this year. Have great success, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you. And next time, I'm going to meet that dog. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be, 
it's usually the back eight the junior national meets because i'm uh you know i was an age group coach coach uh my some of my former swimmers are swimming in that meet but i'm not actively coaching so they usually put me in back gate duty to that back parking lot and i sit out there with my two dogs people who want to listen to this podcast will know that yeah for sure and that i like uh, uh, we appreciate your time rod thanks so much and and this will be uh this will be available on both the fitter and faster platform and on youtube and spotify so feel free to share and uh look forward to seeing you again rod yeah uh, yeah see you this summer all right Thanks.